Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Young Indiana Jones Podcast, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Covering episode 14, Espionage Escapades. Hi friends, it's uh, week two of doing things that aren't Star Trek, still feels a little weird. Yeah, right? Like, this isn't Star Trek, this is the adventures of another thing I was super into when I was a kid. Were you, did you watch this show? I didn't watch this show, but I was a huge Indiana Jones fan. I actually, yeah, I meant to have this whole conversation with you and I forgot. I was not sure where you fell on the whole Indiana Jones thing. Some people do not care for him I, and some people love him. I was a massive fan. I had uh, uh, Raiders and uh, Last Crusade taped off the TV. Um, oh, the good ones. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, Raiders I watched till the end until the faces melted off and then I couldn't watch it anymore. And Last Crusade I watched to the end until the guy melted and I couldn't watch it anymore. So you don't like melting is what I'm what I'm picking up. Well, I didn't as a kid. Now I love melting. The weird thing is I did not like I saw Last Crusade and I liked it pretty good. It's, mm. it's a good movie. But I didn't see Raiders until I was like 30. That's so weird. Isn't Bob like a huge Indiana Jones fan? Uh, Bob's pretty into it. My friend Mark is very into it. Mm. And uh, like he had a huge collection and everything. And uh, you- I, I don't know. I just I never for whatever reason. I think I didn't really get the pulp thing. Uh, okay. I, it's the same as you you see me slowly come around on camp on this show mm-hmm. like it's the, it's the same sort of neighborhood of of tone you know I didn't I didn't quite get it yeah but I do now and I love it no I love this stuff man dude in the jungle looking for treasure and crap yeah I, I mean ducktails fans so well I always did like that and there's there's a lot oddly enough there's a lot of ducktails in Indiana Jones uh-huh funny that but, that boulder scene is actually like they said, like uh, Lucas and Spielberg both said, yeah, we we just copped that from one of the comics because it's cool. Yeah, exactly. So you know, um, and I, they're all big. They're all one big Disney family now. So yeah, right. No, and I, I watched I I watched the pilot of this, which is not this episode. When I was no. a kid, I was super excited for it. I had a couple of the Indiana Young Indiana Jones Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm-hmm. It was one of those shows where it was just like. I didn't know when it was on, so like I watched the pilot and I was super excited, and then I never saw it again. I think it was on like in prime time, so it might have been even like if it was on at nine o'clock or something, it might have been too late for you as a kid. That's entirely possible. Which and is also, weird, I remember being it's... bored by the uh, like any of the ones where it was like older indie. Which is like, weird I liked the because... ones where it was like a ten year old. Yeah, which is weird because now I think like that would be the more interesting. Like those are the ones we watch. We watched oh, yeah. a, a pair of episodes with the teenage indie and. I think much more enjoyable. Well, like, I mean, the concept alone of him fighting in World War One is such it's so good. Well, as I as I recall, and there's sort of an arc that plays out over the course of the uh, of the series, a, a lost arc, if you won't, um, where he I think he's only like 16 and he lies about his age and enlists mm. like like so many people did. Sure. Um, and he gradually like gets promoted and moved. And like in these two episodes, he's a spy. Yeah. And then in other ones, he's, you know, like a, a sergeant or something. There's and stuff like they where take, he's on the front and like... Yeah, they take him through a bunch of different things as an excuse to take him around the world during this period, which mm. is a pretty cool device. Um, the weird thing, though, before, before you do your summary... Yeah. The, the show... Uh, well, it's not that weird. It's George Lucas and... But no, this is exactly what I know about George Lucas. <laughs> I don't... I don't complain about this guy like a lot of people do. It doesn't bother me. The special editions of Star Wars, more than not, I actually don't mind most of the improvements. I wish he'd stop tinkering, but whatever. But 
So what's available on video now? And it's streaming on Amazon. It's actually f- streaming free on Amazon mm. if if you have Prime, um, which is, you know, I, I thought you had to pay for it. So that was a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, these are two episodes of the show edited together into a movie. And it's very clear to us that it's just two separate things. Oh, yeah. Like you but, can see the line almost. Yeah. But that's. That's how they that's how they do it, and that's the only versions that are available now. And the disappointing thing is they took out uh, the bookends, which were old, the old Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones yeah. Chronicles, like one hundred year old Indiana Jones bothering people at dinner on the bus, just like just like randomly assaulting people and telling them stories about his past that they do not want to hear. This is the most depressing thing about the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles for me was that this guy who was one of my favorite heroes as a kid eventually turned into an old man on the bus that I would not want to talk to. Well, and I feel like like my headcanon, I don't think they ever said this. Mm-hmm. My headcanon was he drank from the Holy Grail. Now he has to live forever and he's bored. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just accosting people and like making them listen to his boring stories. But but he doesn't exist anymore. So no. My, I also had head cannon where he where the reason he's got an eye patch is that he loses his eye to cancer after he witnesses that atomic bomb blast in in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's that's not too bad either. Yeah. Um. But just just as a as a point of order, like you're calling it the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles because that's what the show was called. Yeah. This rebranded version is actually the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, well, if you're, uh, what what I'm saying is. If you're looking for video, mm-hmm. like if you if you want to follow along and you're trying to find this and you somehow manage to find copies of the Indiana Jones Chronicles, that would be the original version, not this. Yeah, apparently there's like DVDs that are super hard to find and they've got like super interesting documentaries about all the places he went to and stuff. Well, and, and George Lucas's whole thing was like he wanted to do sort of an educational show and mm-hmm. have him go around the world and see places that people could learn about and yeah. meet famous people. And yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess. And then there's this. Yeah, but uh, but I think that's enough preface. Why don't uh-huh. you tell us what happens in, what did they call this, espionage escapades? Uh-huh, yeah, that's the, you know what, fine. Mm-hmm. 1917, Barcelona. World War One is still just being called World War. And if adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. Played here not by Harrison Ford, Joaquin Phoenix, Corey Carrier, Doug Lee, David Esch, or George Hall, but Sean Patrick Flannery. We join our hero aiding the resistance with espionage agents from Italy, France, and Britain, each represented by somebody accenting so hard they should be puppets in a Jeff Dunham show. The British fellow played by that ugly dude who was a rat for 15 years in Harry Potter, in particular, accents like he's an American playing the most British person alive, and I know for a fact that he is actually British. Also, Terry Jones is here as a Frenchman. So, the plan is for Indy to infiltrate the Russian ballet through his good friend Pablo Picasso. Side note, Indiana Jones knows Pablo Picasso, and that is only important because it's how Indy gets a job. After being hired as a eunuch, har-har, Indy attempts to plant a letter that makes it appear that the German cultural attaché is having an affair with the Count of Toledo's wife. This will help the war effort in some way that I am unclear on. I assume inconveniencing the Germans in any way, no matter how small, is probably helpful. On the night of the show, one of the dancers, who is friendly with the German attaché, attempts to foil the plot, and it is revealed that she's actually working for U.S. intelligence, and the German guy is actually an American spy. Which is all fine, except that now the Count of Toledo has discovered that the German guy is actually stooping his wife, and has challenged him to a duel. Which can only be prevented by finding the real letter that was copied to the fake letter that informed the Count that the affair was happening. 
They rescue it from a fire. And then there's a lot more running around. A duel, number one killer of aristocrats from the early 1700s up until the Romanovs were murdered by peasants. And a car crash. Upon receiving the actual letter, the Count forgives fake German guy, and Indy is shipped off to Prague in another episode. Now undercover as Amadeus Schubelgruber, an underwear salesman, two things that the writer of this episode apparently thought were extremely funny, Indy must make contact with a guy inexplicably named Cluzo and wait for a phone call. The fate of the free world rests upon this phone call, and nobody has invented the answering machine yet. Unfortunately, there is no telephone in Indy's apartment, so we launch into a Kafkaesque nightmare as Indy follows the trail of bureaucracy in a desperate attempt to get a telephone. This is where the whole thing gets weird, as the office Indy navigates feels like something out of Brazil. He fills out forms, listens to more accents, goes to jail, meets the actual friends, Kafka and also Mike McShane from Whose Line, and also anything from the past 30 years that needed a bald fat guy. Finally. Finally. Indy gets his phone installed, which is fine, except that the phone installers only install the phone, they don't connect it. So with five minutes to spare, Indy is in a madcap adventure to install a fucking phone whilst Cluzo is trapped in the closet, desperately needing to pee. All of this is completely insane. Eventually, Indy gets his phone call requesting him to go and have a telephone installed. Womp womp. <clears throat> uh, point of order, Terry Jones actually played a Spaniard. Oh, my apologies. There was a, a, a ridiculous Frenchman as well. That was it. He, he was the one with, like, the big handlebar mustache. Here's the thing, too. Like, both of these have weird have weird Inspector Clouseau references. Like, the French guy is clearly doing a Clouseau uh, impression. Yeah, and I don't understand that. And this other guy is called that, and he starts doing it at the end. Also, uh, he didn't have to go pee. He had to go wee-wee, because you get it, French people say wee-wee. Oh, and that was weirdly, that was, like, terribly dubbed in for some reason. Yeah, I think probably standards and practices said he couldn't say P, and they're like, okay, well, let's let's fix that. Bizarre. Haven't they seen gargoyles? You can get away with anything in the 90s. Only murder. <laughs> also, I will straight up will say this did not feel like a um a 90s show. Like, I don't know that I could place this particularly. Like, it's, I, the, the, the quality, the production quality my, of it is very good. Yeah, my number one note on this is the repeat is me repeatedly going, "What is happening? This show is bizarre." It is, but it's also gorgeous. Like, oh yeah, it looked like it's shot like a film. It's scored like a film. Like it, it's it's definitely like the writing's not always there, but but the production is like way a cut above most everything else that was on at the time. Well, I did the, some research on this, and the budget on the show was huge. Which, uh, it was a it was Lucas's uh, uh, passion project, and he's got more money than God. So. Yeah, exactly. But it, weirdly enough, it was like it only lasted a year, and then they kept trying to bring yeah. it back as like TV movies and stuff. Yeah, no, it's it was it was one of those ideas that he got that he just really wanted to do, and I don't think a lot of people were just on board for it. That's so, so. weird because it's you know it's it's fucking Indiana Jones in the nineties, man. Like, and it felt. To me, it, it like the kid uh, playing him, Sean Patrick Flannery, who mm. you probably know from um, uh, uh, Boondock Saints. Yes. Uh, among other things. <laughs> that movie I thought was great until I realized what great movies actually are. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, when I first met you a thousand million years ago, that was one of your favorite movies. I'm sure, sure you've long since was. moved past yeah. that. But, you know. Um, but it's a movie I know you've seen a lot, so I know you know him from mm. that. Uh, but he is so good as Indy. Like, it's one of those things... Um, my friend Mark, who was big into Indiana Jones, uh, told me, like, when you're playing an indie video game, you want the voice actor, doesn't have to sound like Harrison Ford, nope. but he has to sound like Indiana Jones. Yes, that was the thing I always liked about Fate of Atlantis. 
and I didn't understand. That's actually what we were talking about. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time. But the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah. And this kid is the same way. Like he does sound like Indy and he acts like Indy, mm. but he's not really much like Harrison Ford, but he's very much like Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's weird. He's got this wonderful hapless when things are happening and he's way over his head and he's just kind of does that half smirk and does his best to keep up like it's perfect. Yeah, that scene where like he finds out that the woman has actually been a spy the whole time and he's just like, I got to go talk to my friends. Yeah. Shrug. No, it's it's very like there's moments like that throughout the, the movies as well mm-hmm. where he because he's got that swagger. He comes in a room and he's like, I know what I'm doing. And then almost immediately he doesn't know what he's yep. doing. That's Indiana Jones. And yeah. they goddamn nailed that. It's very good. Yeah. Um, it, also, I you probably knew this, but the first part was also directed by Terry Jones. Yes, I saw that. And which is basically you want Terry Gilliam, but you want it done on time and in budget and mm. a little less weird, but still pretty weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Terry Gilliam was definitely in the second part. Yeah, I would I would say that. But let, let's talk about the first part first. Yeah. Like, let's kind of go in order. Um, the the first one definitely felt sort of Python esque, like in a good way. Well, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, it's it's very farcical, you know. Like, yes, there's a lot of running around and doors opening and closing and like, mm-hmm. and the bumbling idiots, the three guys that he reports to, not knowing that uh, the chick was a spy, yeah. and then having to figure like they're always half a step behind also, and they're always sort of trying to run in a room at the same time, yep. and like, I, I this. Like broad comedy like that is real hard to pull off, and usually I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. but I think they nailed it here. Like at least in the first part. Like they, it took me a while to sort of click with what the hell was happening because yeah, me too. I definitely did not expect this coming into the show. Like, well, and I don't think the whole series is like this. I think they took two comedic episodes and paired them up. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute, but the pairing of these two is also just insane. Well, I think they're probably the closest in tone. Mm-hmm. Like. He's off fighting the war. I doubt all of them are wacky like yeah. this. I'm pretty sure some of them are tragic or whatever, you know. I bet there's at least one love story. Oh, like, sure. They, they probably went different ways, and they're like, okay, well, these are the two comedy episodes. This was... Why did you... Did, was were these was this specific episode recommended? Like, did you just pick these randomly? Yes. Like- no, 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 no. Um, uh, Lauren, yes. who uh, suggested this, by the way, uh, Patreon donator Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, also a longtime fan of the show. Yes. Uh said uh, he, he recommended one of two episodes. He's like, this one or this one. And this one is directed by Terry Jones. I was like, well, okay, let's do that one. Yeah. So it was basically a coin flip on the two. Okay. Uh, it's but just I'm like, sure, as, sure like this. At, like, as like the artifact, like that we're viewing to represent all of young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <clears throat> this is a weird yeah, I choice. Don't think that, I don't think that's fair because I don't think the rest of the show was yeah. like this. I think out of the, 20 episodes they did two of them were funny mm-hmm. is my guess i didn't see the rest of it so i don't know i'm just yeah. guessing there i, all I, I can't imagine dim, the whole thing was like this like dim memories of the pilot from when i was like seven yeah no and and i'm kind of glad we got just two with teen indy and none with like boy indy what, what i'm picturing is jake lloyd from phantom menace as indiana jones it's probably and about it, right it can't be that bad yeah but you know um raiding tombs is wizard as I recall, now the this base- is running from a giant boulder. <laughs> As I recall, it's him traveling the world with his professor father, mm-hmm. who mostly ignores him, which is well. Yeah, he's character. working on his Grail diary. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's like, what? What would that be like? The late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds? Uh, like, yeah, running 19- around in Europe. 
I believe the earliest one is 1907. Yeah. Because then we're uh, teen indies, obviously, during uh, World War One, which is like, uh, you know, in, in the 19 teens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 10 years before that. Yeah. And yeah, like I say, I'm glad we got this version instead of the kid. I think this would be more interesting to us. Mm. But it is, you're right, it is very, well, very strange. The concept is, the, like, the concept is there, you know? If you and told him being me, a spy is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, but like, if you told me, yeah, that we're gonna do a series about Indy in the in World War One, you know, uh, they lied about his age and he's joined the like, army and haplessly like, falls into all these ridiculous situations. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and yeah, they took out the whole like like this is very tenuously related to the kind of thing we do. It is not fantasy or sci-fi. No, and like typically that's that's what we'd rather do. Mm. Just just. Just saying, if you do want to make recommendations, we prefer that. And Indiana Jones is like the movies are because he's always chasing after some magical thing. But the show is much more grounded. Yeah. Well, I think it's like they really wanted to latch onto the history type thing. Yeah, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But it also means, you know, like, well, why are we doing this show? I don't know, because someone paid us to. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing is you put too much sort of magic into, like, Indiana Jones' life, and it sort of makes the two or three times he actually encounters it less, like, special. Maybe. You know, but like, on the other hand, when the first time we meet him, he's like, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant's probably real, and I'll find it. Well, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant might be real, but did you think it was full of Nazi killing it? I guess he did. That was the whole point of the movie. Yeah, and so... At some point prior to that, he must have seen something else that convinced yeah. him. Yeah, this like, okay, these ancient writings say this can melt your face off. Maybe that's real. No, before that, he did go to Temple of Doom, so. That's true. Temple of Doom is actually a prequel. I forgot about that. Because fucking George Lucas. Ah, that didn't bother me. I did, the concept of a prequel <laughs> is fine. <laughs> and doing one that, that takes place before was okay. I just, there were things about that movie I didn't like, but those weren't that. Yeah, well. I mean. Also, they maybe wanted to have bad guys that weren't Nazis, but even this had Nazis somehow. Yeah, right? Like, as soon as the German guys show up, it's like, well, those guys are Nazis. I don't know how. Like, fucking Colonel Clink. Like, one of them fucking... had a monocle. They've got, like, the smart uniforms and the, the, the severe faces. And... It's like, fucking the National Socialist Party hasn't even been formed yet. They might have been. I don't know fucking shit about history, but uh, well, there we go. Some Nazis. It's also possible that the chauffeur was Hitler. Yeah, that was weird, too. He wasn't, because he had a completely different name and, like, a uh, uh, Spanish accent. Right. But, but he had like, the, he had a, the haircut he had and the, the mustache. Like, and they made a point of, like, like pointing it out. Like, there's a, there's a shot where it's just like, eh? Hitler mustache? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, it, it's well, it, is it supposed I mean, to be Hitler or Charlie Chaplin? Or those are the two guys. No, and Charlie Chaplin did it to mock Hitler. Yeah, so right? So, like, that what was the fuck is later. happening? Well, and Hitler did fight in World War One. That much, like, I know. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, lots about that kind of thing, but I do know that. Mm-hmm. And this show loved crowbarring in famous people for no reason. Oh, yeah. Like, like you said, Picasso for no other reason than to have Picasso. Yeah, well, and Kafka showed, like, I mean, it makes him, yeah. it's, you know, there's a reason for him to show up later, but like. Yeah, no, the, the, the Picasso thing, he says, I met you when I was a kid, which kind of implied that they did another episode. There's probably with- an episode like that. Yeah, and they just brought him back ten years later or whatever. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, like I say, broad comedy usually bugs me, but the farcical stuff in the first part was pretty good. It was very strange. Yeah, but it was good. I liked it. No, it was just I like I, I spent so much time just like really, this is what we're doing, huh? Yeah, running up and down stairs. Okay, 
There's a point. There's a there's a there's a rather important segment where Indy, dressed as a eunuch, has to thrust his crotch at. Oh, I love that. To, He's Morse code uh, pelvic thrusting. The Russian guy that hires him is like, "This is the man I hired to stand still." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Wait a minute, it's Morse code." <laughs> I like the ad- I like his stop the old woman exclamation mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Three exclamation points. Indy. Yeah. My note says, and now Indy's using the power of his crotch. Mm-hmm. Very good. If excitement has a name, it must be Indiana Jones's crotch. The thing is, there are comedy sequences like that, like that-ish in the movies. They're just oh, totally. surrounded by more sort of straightforward action sequences. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one that says that Indiana Jones is not goofy. They are. like No, but they they took the goofiest parts of the movies and expanded that. Exactly. But again, I think these episodes are not indicative of the whole thing. Like, the entire episode is that scene in uh, Raiders where Marion's in the pot getting chased around. There's definitely a bit of that. Uh, I have yeah. a note here. Uh, she's a collaborator, Indy. This never goes well for you. But uh, <laughs> then it turned out she wasn't, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I have the I the same note that, that you had, which is it took me a few minutes to sort of figure out what the tone was. And once I did, I was into it. Mm-hmm. But the first 15 minutes, I'm like, what? What is this? Really? This is what we're doing. All right. Yeah. But I, I so, okay. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the first part before we, we talk uh, about the second part? I don't part? think so. We can probably head into the second part. So the second part, like, okay, this is my good thing. I enjoyed the first half and it mm-hmm. was very Python-esque, but second part was somehow even better to me. At least the first half of it was. Yeah. Like, see my bad thing for thoughts on the second half. Pitting one of cinema's great heroes against an uncaring bureaucracy is goddamn genius. Like, if the whole show was like this, I'd be binge-watching it right the hell now and kicking myself for missing it in the first place. <laughs> like, seriously, he's got to fill out forms. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. Like, yeah. I found it genuinely engaging. I liked it. It's like, oh, you have to get the form this and then get this stamp. You need your stamp here. See, what could be easier? And he's just like, Ugh. eventually I'm going to help someone find the Holy Grail, and this is more complicated. Yep. <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's, I don't know, because I'm a sucker for those kinds of things. Yeah. Like, uh, Douglas Adams wrote a an entire text adventure back in the day called Bureaucracy, where the entire goal of the game is to get the post office to recognize your change of address. Mm-hmm. That's the whole game. Yeah. And it was funny because Douglas Adams wrote it, and it felt like that kind of thing. Yeah, this, this uh, Kafka-esque, I mean, Kafka-esque in that Kafka basically wrote this, is well, like yeah. my nightmare. Like, I hate this kind of crap. Yeah, same. And a lot of this sort of thing, like, I went through when I was first sort of out in the adult world, mm-hmm. like, in, in the early to mid-90s. And as computers and the internet became a thing, a lot less of this happens. Like, it still happens. Yeah, of course. You get you get stuck in a lot less lines and have to fill out forms and shit because you can just click a box on the internet. Yeah. So. Well, as two people who have mo- either moved or moved someone to another country, like, yes. the amount of bureauc- bureaucratic bullshit we've had to go through... Yeah, that is that is also true. My poor wife, especially. Yeah, no, it's 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 exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here it was pretty funny. But then my bad thing mm-hmm. is that this the second part kind of went off the rails, starting with the slapstick sequence where they sped up the film and people were getting paint cans stuck on their head, and that was just a little too far for me. And then all that Clouseau's was he a real guy? I don't know. Like they called like, him was the Clu- character from. Yeah, was the character from the Pink Panther named after a real guy from history, maybe? I have no idea. I've never, I've never heard that it was. I thought that was like his, uh, Peter Sellers, right? Yeah. 
I thought that was just Peter Sellers' character that he did. Like I thought and, so too. And just like to to and not just to bring the character in, but to bring him in twice in two like in two different episodes is so weird to me. Well, that's he's supposed to be his like uh, his contact, his his yeah. spy contact, and I get that. But it just felt but, like the writers was like, man, I want to write some fucking Pink Panther fan fiction. The the weird thing though is like. Okay, that's not my kind of humor, first of all. Like, I, I appreciate that sure. those are considered comedy classics, and I, slapstick's just not usually my thing, but fine, whatever. But the tone yeah. just didn't match. Like, the bureaucracy thing was so more sort of dialogue-driven. And then it's like everyone falling down and their pants falling down, and it's like, okay, that's this is not... Like, it just felt very jarring. Yeah, right. it turns into like a Benny Hill sketch for some reason. It's yes. weird. And... I found the transition from the second half of the second episode more jarring than it was between the two episodes, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, totally. Like, it's it's like three quarters of the way through, everything just turns into something else. It just takes a hard turn into, like, like we went from, like, this weird scene where he's being interrogated, and it's genuinely upsetting, for one thing. It's well, this part is, of my good thing. Yeah. Like, Let's talk about that. Like the whole the whole office he's in, like like you said, is being painted, and like there's like guy there's like painters walking around on ladders like stilts. There's guys on tight ropes, there. But like there's a scene where Indy gets put in jail with a contortionist who starts like like. Oh, there's no reason for that other than outright weirdness. Yeah, which is cool. And like he gets like interrogated by these two by these two terrifying guys who like get right up in his face and just like it's. <laughs> It's very Cardassian interrogation, honestly. I thought the I thought the same thing, and honestly, like the the guy, you know, the DS Nine guys, like working on and before that next gen, because mm -hmm. I guess Chain of Command also did that. Yeah, like definitely drew on Kafka and I know Orwell and stuff like that. So like that's it's all connected. Yeah, but like the whole thing is just just a bizarre, dreamy, nightmare segment, and then five seconds later, Indy's riding a box down a staircase. Yeah, that's that's where it took the turn. It's like okay, it's it's a it's a complete shift and it's bizarre. Yeah, no, I loved all the bureaucracy stuff, mm -hmm. but then then and again the the look of the place. You're right because all the crowded desks and then also it being painted meant more people. Like it just yeah. made it feel it's giant, but it's also claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, which was a very good sort of like. Well, claustrophobia usually happens in a tiny space, but no, we can crowd this with so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like and you like, feel overwhelmed by it all. The big like there's big empty rooms that like he keeps seeing with just like one yep. guy at a desk sitting at a desk. And yep. it still feels like and like you said, it still feels weird and cramped. But then you get those giant rooms with like a thousand desks with all these women that look exactly the same. Yeah, all on typewriters. And it's ugh. which I liked a lot. There was uh there's there's a scene, I think they must have cast identical twins or else just did some really good makeup. Yeah. But where two of them are interacting at the same time, and it just literally feels like the same person is standing on either side of you. Yeah. It was very good. Have you seen Brazil? I just, I keep coming back yes. to that. It's like, just... Yes, I have. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen it in years, and it's one of those Blade Runner things where there's like 10 different cuts, and I don't know what the right one's supposed to be. Yeah. But... That one I, I, I do like know the right, well, the, the right ending. Yeah. It's not the happy one. Right, I just don't know what that's called. Yeah. Like when I'm dialing it up, when I'm scrolling up the cinema. <laughs> which is, is that the director's cut or the final director's cut or the, you know, like what did they call that? I don't know. But Movies yeah, are it weird. Just, it was weird because, like, I was tracking with all the Terry Jones stuff. It was weird, but I got it. And I was mm. tracking with the, the 
bureaucracy stuff, and then it just got real goofy. And I, I can't just what a weird thing to just like put Indiana Jones in. I but I mean there again, there's been sequences like that. Mm-hmm. The bit in Last Crusade where he and uh, uh, Henry Jones Sr. are tied to the chair together. Oh, yeah. And the secret passage comes around, and then the room catches on fire, and then they go into the Nazi thing and then back out again. Like, that well, That all felt a lot like this. I'm not, say- I'm not saying that it can't be be goofy. Like, it's yeah. just the whole the whole bureaucracy. Like, basically, your good thing is, su- is such an odd choice for me for an episode of an Indiana Jones TV show. No, see, that's I love that because... It's the same as like going through catacombs and trying to find some artifact. It's like finding the right form. Like it's mm-hmm. it's related enough to me that it's funny, you know. All right. Like I I, I get it if it didn't work for you. No, no, it, I like it. Did it, it? It wasn't bad. It was just so the choices they make were so strange to me. They were, but there were there have been times when I've been stuck in an just a bureaucratic quagmire, and I'm like, well, who who could actually handle this? Mm. And it's funny to think like, oh, Indiana Jones, he's, yeah. a, he's a professor and he's, you know, <laughs> he reads arcane languages. So, oh, I, I see. Know. You've written this in Czech. It needs to be in German. Well, that won't take you too long. I, I love that he's like, I mean, he's irritated that he did it wrong, mm-hmm. but he speaks both languages. Yeah. Like, all right, like, all right I'll write right, it well, in German then. Fine. Because he's, he's already very, I was about to say whip smart. Uh, he, he's already smart. There's actually no whips in this show at all. No, I. Uh, he probably doesn't. No, I guess he does because we see the uh, origin of that in the uh, the River Phoenix bit. We see the origin of literally every important thing in his life on that one day. I think you know, for a pulp movie, I think that's that's not a bad way to do. Oh, it. Oh, I never mind. I love I love Last Crusade to death. It's one of my favorite. It's yeah, like me too. One of my favorite movies. It's one of my. It's my favorite indie movie, probably. Oh, it's absolutely my favorite indie movie and one of my favorite movies. It's just like. In terms of when I, early on when I was trying to figure out how writing worked, mm-hmm. like it's such a clearly structured story with three acts and an arc oh, and yeah. all this stuff. And the father stuff was all like mm-hmm. very stock standard, but also very good. And, you know. God, Sean Connery was so good in that shit, in that movie. Yeah, he was. He really was. I should have sent it to the Mox Brothers. <laughs> the bit where he's chasing away the uh, the birds with his umbrella. <laughs> That split second when Indy looks at him like he's fucking loon. Chick, what, Dad, chick, Dad chick. what are you doing? I've lost him, uh, Marcus. My only son. Yep. That's very good. I wonder I wonder if his dad, like, I know the premise was his professor dad doesn't pay much attention to him. Mm. But he must have appeared a little bit. I, I, I can't I, imagine TV would have gotten anybody nearly as good. My thought is, and again, I've only like this is only dim recollections of what I remember, but I did watch at least one episode of the really young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and yeah. I feel like they probably filmed him the way they do at the beginning of uh, uh, Last Crusade, which is like lower and from the back. Ah, so you, yeah, he's just like don't interrupt. Yeah, and I mean anyone can do a Sean Connery impression, so I guess that's true. Also, I kind of hope they don't though, in the same way that. You know, yeah. uh, this guy doesn't do a Harrison Ford impression. No. Also, you may already know this. Mm. There was an episode of this show that Harrison Ford was in. Yes, I found out about that years later, and then I watched that segment on YouTube just to like, mm-hmm. really? Yep. It was like the something about jazz. Mm-hmm. It was like in the 50s. I'm sure it was like sweeps or something. It's like, we had Indiana Jones. Well, he to... loves that character so much. Oh, yeah. No, like. <laughs> like, that guy's a crabby old man about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but 
he loves this character and he keeps wanting to do it. And that, yeah, that's kind of, well, they, they still like, they, they're still apparently making another movie. Like, yeah, I know that, that was what, like, from what I've heard, that's what they, they needed to give him two things to be in star Wars. Oh, another... I just assumed I never heard that. I just, that was just my assumption. Mm. Like I'll do, I'll do Han Solo, but you got to kill him. Cause I don't want to be him. Cause I fucking hate Han Solo. Yeah. And, and I, you got to do another, uh, Got to do another Indiana Jones. I've seen so many interviews with him where it's like, well, what do you think about Han Solo? I don't care. I don't know. Ah. He flies the plane. I don't know. His friend is a dog. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's demonstrably fine. <laughs> Harrison Ford like has two things. He's, a, he's, He's a, got an old plane he likes, likes to work on. An old plane he likes to work on, and he tripped on the Millennium Falcon and held up production for two months. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because uh-huh. he's very, very old. He's so old. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought the name Shubal Gruber was funny. I, like... The underwear thing was a little too far, but oh, I kind of like Shubal Gruber. It, it, the weirdest thing in the world, because, like, the, you're an underwear salesman. Okay. And he walks around with his briefcase with, like, underwear sticking out of it, and at one point the underwear briefcase explodes and underwear flies everywhere, and all these women are running up to be like, Underwear! Well, it's it's the war, and nobody can get, like, basic human, you know, needs. Mm. So I imagine it was like, oh my god, clothes, thank Christ. Like, it didn't have to be underwear. It's just sure. it's funnier because it's underwear, I guess. It's just, he's sitting on the on the train, there's underwear sticking out of his briefcase, people are, like, just pawing at it. Yep. How's the underwear <laughs> trade treating you? Well, I mean, Herr you know. I just love how effortlessly he's like, yes, I'm Amadeus Shubal Gruber. That's me. Mm-hmm. Like, he never trips on it. Like, it's never really made as a joke. It's just like, that's me. I just got to roll into that. Mm-hmm. But also, he's just like the most American guy ever. And like, yep. ch- everyone in uh, Prague is like, and of course, as anyone from Prague would know. And he's like, y- yes, of course. Yeah, we're part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Uh, uh-huh. I am an Amer. I am not American at all. But well, and. You know, there's that um, suspension of disbelief you have to do in this kind of thing where it's like sure. ev- everyone there sounds British and it's like, all right, fine. They're just they're speaking German or Czech or whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, I thought that. OK, so I liked the character of Franz Kafka because mm-hmm. he's a bureaucrat and he looks like a bureaucrat. He's got a very good look to him. Yeah. He, he looks a little different from everybody else, but he also looks like he belongs there. Yeah. But he's kind, and he's like, oh, this is, you poor guy, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Let me let me help you. Also, this will be fun, because I'm stuck at a desk all day, and we, mm-hmm. can, we can get Form 2A, which no one has ever seen before. <clears throat> and it's like, oh, that's kind of cute. He's got a friend now. Yep. But, but then it was so on the nose at the end, where he's like, what a trial. Yeah, I should right. write that. Like, ugh, I, okay, okay. I have seen that in so many things and I'm so tired of it. This show, it feels like that's all it was. Yeah, right? Just like, like ah. we got off We got off light with Picasso in the previous one, but I feel like every episode had at least one historically famous person. Well, I'm sure that the first Picasso episode had, like, Indy crashed something through, like, a painting or whatever, and it made, like, the, like, the face all fucked up so the eye was weird and everything, and Picasso was like, hmm, that's how I should paint from now on. Because yeah, nobody, ju- nobody just imagines things. They have to all be influenced by stuff they see. I hope it's not that Indy came up with the idea. I hope it's just that he happened to be there. But even yeah. that was a little a little much. Because mm-hmm. like Indy didn't say, you should write all this down. It's very interesting. He he hated it all. It's just Kafka no. was like, 
hmm, this will make a good story, which is still too much, but, you know. This is almost as interesting as that guy last week when that guy I met turned into a giant cockroach. <laughs> and that's all the, the things I know about Kafka. Yep, those are the two. This is this is a veritable me-esque nightmare. <laughs> what is it? The trial and not the prisoner. There's some know. other like weird bureaucratic whatever. I he probably lived through a bunch of this kind of crap and hated it. Oh, I'm so. sure, yeah. You know, I get it. Um and then of course there's the the Orson Welles uh film version of the trial where he made the government the good guys. Good work, Orson. I mean, it nice wasn't job. that he didn't. It wasn't that he didn't get the point. You can say a lot of mm. shitty things about Orson Welles that are accurate, but he's not. And we dumb. have on various shows. Oh yeah, he's not dumb though. No, he did that on purpose to prove a point, and I haven't seen it, so I don't know what the point is. But sure, you know. Uh, what else? Uh, so here's my bad thing. Like, oh yeah, of course. For a show that's seemingly about Indiana Jones, Indy spends a lot of time being told what to do by other people. Like, he never seems to take charge in any situation. He's just being yelled at by various foreigners. Like, I, and I just, I, agree. I can't. I, Go ahead. Now, it, 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 it could just be the episodes we've seen. Again, these are two very weird episodes. Yeah. But, like, I cannot see the evolution from this kid to Harrison Ford and Raiders. Like. Oh, see, I hard disagree because. Really? Indy, All right. Indy, Indy hardly ever makes his own decisions. He's well, always I mean, going where Marcus or the government or whatever sends him. And like, there's a there's a, a thing that I read years ago that really kind of opened my eyes. Uh, mm. P- yeah, Peter David wrote it. It was a it was a book that Peter David wrote about writing. Mm. And there was a whole bit about how you have to have an arc and you have to have a, you know, the character has to grow and change and, and all that, blah, blah, blah. He's like, there are notable exceptions, but you have to be very good to pull them off. Mm. One of them is Raiders of the Lost Ark, where if you remove Indiana Jones from that story, everything would have happened exactly the way it already happened. Yep. It's one of the things I like, love about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good point. And because Indy's just sort of bounced around by the forces of history most of the time. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty in character. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't know. This, this ju- Just these two episodes, it was a lot of go here. Now go here. Now go here. Well, also, he's in the army. That's true. You got me there. But I mean, I get what you're saying, and it's yeah. it's hard to sympathize with a hero who's not really taking any initiative. Yeah, that's yeah. Like it I makes it. a little more sense in the Kafka one, just because the whole point is like that being pushed yeah. around by bureaucracy. Yeah, but in the other but between one, between that being... and like the three the three guys and all the bungling that's going, on, it's just I think it might be these two episodes. Yeah, could be. I don't know. I like again. I f- it didn't feel out of character to me. I felt like mm. that's that's Indy's usual jam. All right, but I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not an expert on these. I I remember the two movies pretty well. I just watched Temple them. Doom, uh, this is how I this is how I recovered from my kidney stone a couple of months back. Was I just watched yeah. Indiana Jones movies? See what are what are some high profile movies featuring stones in them? <laughs> I suppose that's a good point. <laughs> Getting chased by that boulder. You think you got problems? And then in the, the in Temple of Doom, he's looking for the what you call it stones. Uh huh. So you're just trying to remind yourself, I guess. I guess. God, how could I forget? Mm-hmm. Then the Infinity Stones, probably. You probably watched that. Yep. Just and a whole lot of stones. Yep. Yep. This was no romance, Al. <clears throat> this was a hate man's. Yes, I'm. I'm well aware. <laughs> yes, everyone around me has been suffering nonstop for the whole year. I get it. 
It's all very inconvenient to me. No one has suffered as we. I kid. That sounds terrible, and I hope it never happens to you again. Me too. That sounds just just awful. Do not recommend it. Everybody nah. listening out there, don't get a kidney stone. Yeah, they sound they sound dreadful. Just mm-hmm. a bad thing. Kidney stone. Yep. Good thing. Oh no, you hated the drugs. I was gonna say good thing. Yeah. Drugs. Nope. Didn't no, like the drugs either. made me crazy. Mm-hmm. They'll do that. Yep. Although I did okay. get a lot of plugging done that week. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's when you went on the dark web. Yep. That was dark web Matt. <laughs> we will never see his like again. All right. Not if I can Anything help else? it. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think that's everything. We're running a little short, but I mean, that's... Yeah, I guess know, so, but there was not a whole lot happened. There's a lot of scampering around. It is not a yeah. lot of, like things to comment on. I liked uh, the the chick who ended up being a spy. Yes. And it, they had pretty good chemistry, especially since she was just, like, had enough of his shit. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's a stock standard indie character. Yeah. God like, damn it, Jones. The tough woman who's just like, Ugh, do I have to do everything myself? And I know it's a, mm-hmm. I know it's a bit tropey to, to have a character like that, but I don't know. That's Indiana Jones. This is full of tropes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So, it was part of the fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else? I think that's everything. We got a quote. I do have a quote. This is the from the Kafka segment. I'm not leaving without Form 27A. I need Form 27A to get this form stamped, and I'm not leaving without it. I'm not, 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 not. They said you want Form 27A. Yes, that's what they told me. I went to four different desks and four offices, and everyone said someone else had it! Well, nobody has it. Form 27A has been superseded by Form 27B. What? I thought everybody knew that. This is absolutely ridiculous. All I want is a new phone. I went to the Ministry of Phones, and my form blew out the window. And then I went out on the ledge, and a pigeon knocked it into the street. And then a man stepped on it. And then I had to chase after a tram. And then a woman hit me with her handbag. And so I went to the police. They made me fill it out in German. And then they gave me the third degree. And then they put me in jail. What you're trying to say is, you're upset. No, no, I'm not upset. I'm incandescent with rage! When Indy is pretty much done. Yep. That was very good. (laughs) I enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, all right, so that's all for this time. Yeah. Uh, next next week, uh, we have a couple more uh, Patreon suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, the week after that, before I get to this, uh, this is me officially publicly calling you out, Jason Stocks. <clears throat> Select something for us to watch, please. Yeah. I've on, I've asked man. him a couple of times, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." And he just you he know hasn't where, gotten you to know it how yet. to get a hold of us. Yes, just uh, just just shaming you in front of the audience, Jason. Uh, For the love of you, God, you, you have, have my phone number. <laughs> you have a free ticket to to make us watch anything you want, as long as it's not deadly mm. games, and as long as we can find it. Yeah. So, uh, please please do, because we only have like uh, one next week, and then and then it's your turn. So mm-hmm. so please pick. So next week, um, a very old friend of mine, a, a woman I went to high school with, Angela. Uh, has mm. generously donated to the show and has suggested that we do the new Twilight Zone. Ooh. The Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Ooh. So we Which will be one? doing that. Uh, well, I actually selected this one uh, for a couple of reasons. All right. uh, we will be doing the remake of Miracle at, or excuse me, 
Not miracle at 20,000 feet. Nightmare <laughs> at 20,000 feet. I don't know why I said that. Nice. I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, yeah. It's, um, well, first of all, it's got a very tenuous uh, Star Trek connection because Shatner was in the original. Sure. Um, and second, uh, a podcast features prominently. Oh. So, Cutting it close to I, home. Yeah, that's that's. I'm not going to spoil it for you because there's some interesting twists there. But uh, mm. and all I will say is I like just just sort of superficially. I enjoyed it. Okay, I w- I mostly went in saying, ugh, I don't need to see this a third time. They did it for the movie. Like it's already been redone. Leave it alone. And they changed it enough that I actually found that interesting again. Well, awesome. So it's not just a tedious like third version of the same thing. It's it's got a unique spin. And whether you like that yeah. or not remains to be seen but it's it is different enough well that's cool i've seen four versions of this now i think oh what's the other one well there's the there's There's shatner there's lithgow yeah there's i've read the short story by matt by uh i was gonna say it must have if it wasn't uh if it wasn't serling it must have been matheson yeah and uh the simpsons episode ah yes of course which is a pretty which is a pretty spot on uh uh, adaptation also as theirs usually are. Mm-hmm. Or were. I don't know if they still are. So yeah, this will uh, be the fifth version of Nightmare at 2,500 uh, feet or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, now it's 30,000 feet. I think they, they changed that too just to adjust it to, to now times. That makes sense. It's like how they uh, keep trying to make the $6 billion man movie. Right. Uh, but uh, and, and it stars Adam Scott. So, mm. so that's Oh, good. Thing. I love Adam Scott. Yeah, me too. So that's what we'll be doing next week. Uh, that that show is available for streaming on CBS All Access, everyone's favorite lucky, streaming service. Lucky us. Well, I mean, we had it anyway to watch Star Trek. So I mean, yes, that's but still. Thing. Yeah, I know. So uh, if if you want to donate to our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash Algar. It is a very high tier to choose what we watch, but it's still open. You could still do mm. it. Uh, otherwise, uh, after we get through that fourth one, uh, whatever Jason recommends, then, then it's going to be you and me for a bit. Yep. We're going to, we're going to pick some things for us to watch. So, yep. so that's what I got a list. Yep. I do too. Excellent. Uh, if you want to write to us, post atomic at Gmail, uh, the website, post the, uh, uh, Tumblr, post mm-hmm. our, uh, Star Trek fanfic show, uh, dropped its third episode last week. Endeavor. Yep. Uh, we're, please, we're very please listen to it and tell your friends. Working on recording number four and writing number mm-hmm. five. We have a we have a nice production schedule going here. And uh, yeah. we're really, really excited to be working on this. So uh, that's yeah. ussendeavor.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. All right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Young Indiana Jones podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.